Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Bees Knees Ben and the Bees Knees Brittany, and on TikTok at the Bees Knees Podcast. We like talking about movies and TV, or TV and movies, cause we're the Bees Knees, oh yeah. Zoe De Chanel got engaged. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Just, just today. Isn't hasn't she been in like a relationship for a, a while? Yeah, with the property brothers guy, and um, they just got engaged. Wow. I know. I follow her on Instagram, and uh, I saw it. And the ring is uh, unique. Explain it to me. Like it looks, like I don't know. It's like from. The distance away that I saw it on her finger, first of all, it didn't seem to fit her finger right. Like with her hand closed and facing up to like kind of display the ring, the ring was kind of slanted on her finger as if like... Oh, so it looked much bigger than her finger was. Yeah. And then it looked like it was just a bunch of beads. Like it looks looks as if Jessica Day crafted it herself. Now, you would think for somebody who is... Like, has been in, like, a long-running show with props and all that. That they would have her ring size for, like, costume jewelry. Yeah. And you'd think you'd be able to just, you know, make it to her size. And I don't know if it's because of the style of the ring that it's sitting that way. But for me, the... the So there was that that caught my attention. and then And then the fact that it looks like beads or something. Like, I don't know... <laughs> how else to describe it other than that like here here i'll pull it up for you okay that this is the ring here okay so i am looking at the ring yeah it's really diagonal uh it kind of looks like like bejeweled lucky charm not lucky charms tricks because one of them it reminds me of like the raspberry tricks Mm mm-hmm Because it's got all the little segments. Like, are those presumably diamonds? My guess is, yeah. Or Uh, some other, like, expensive gem or jewel. Rock. This is... I mean, I feel like it suits her personality. Yeah. Because it's, like, a little bit, like, tacky and, like... (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, celebrity rings usually are. Yeah, and I mean, it fits, like... Look at that. The hand she has has different like, pinks. Each fingernail is a different pink. So I'd say that that suits her. Yeah. Good for her. Like when I was first scrolling through Instagram and I saw it, I was just like, what? Like, what is that? And then also like I didn't. I again also kind of was like, oh, they're not already married. I kind of just assumed that they were because they've been together for so long. See, this kind of scares me because there's been other times I know, which I am failing to think of an example or for instance. Okay. But I know that there have been times that celebrities have been together for a really, really long time and they seem to be such a power couple and then they get married and it's like they get divorced after two years and it's like, but you've been together for like 15 years 
So do and, you think that Zoe Deschanel and Property Brother are going to be like, we were so strong for 10 years, but then we got married and it all fell apart? Like, it kind of makes you wonder, like, what changed in those couple years of marriage that was so drastically, like, different and like, no, I can't do this anymore? Unless the relationship was already behind the scenes kind of rocky and then they thought, oh, well, marriage will fix Let's it. Let's get and married then it to solve all our problems. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's honestly the only thing I can think of, but it's so weird. And I hope that that's not the case, like because they seem on social media and stuff that they are a power couple. I mean, she he was a boy. She was a girl. <laughs> can I make it any more obvious? I mean, like I follow her on Instagram and see all her posts and like they seem to be very happy. So like hopefully this isn't like. One of the failed, for instances. I wish I knew Property Brothers, like, the show in general, to, like, know if they had, like, a catchphrase or something that they said so I could make a joke about it. But I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen a Property Brothers show. I have, but that was not by choice. I feel like my only exposure to the Property Brothers is, uh, like, when I lived at home with my parents... Because they've been on for years. Mm -hmm. And my mom used to always watch those like, you know, like the movie house bus and yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, like all of those different shows. See, and it's weird. I would have thought that I would love those shows because I love like interior design and decorating and all that stuff. Yeah. But I just get mad because one, I want to be doing it. And two, sometimes they make the most bizarre choices that I get angry that I'm like, yeah, why would those, you do that? Those shows, I, it, the same thing with shows like Pimp My Ride. You know, that it's was just ridiculous. Like, in theory, they are tricking out your car, your home, your property, all of this stuff. But in reality, they are doing like themed rooms and yeah. like, yo, dog, I heard you like. Like tacos, so we made a taco truck in the back of your minivan, right? And things like that, where it's just like it's like when your grandma finds out you like something, and then all you get for Christmas for the next 25 years is that thing, yeah, but in a house, it just like consumes your entire identity, yeah. It's like we know you love the color blue, so we've painted every room a different shade of blue. With different blue couches and blue throw pillows. Like, can you imagine what they would do knowing that we like Marvel and like superhero stuff? Oh, so like, we what got would you, our house be? We got be? you full-size statues. We got, we made this whole comic wall. And like, I'm sure that'd be really cool for a bit. But then you'd be like, may maybe not. Yeah, because like you grow as a person and you're... Like, your tastes change. I remember when we were in, uh, like, just out of college, I guess. Mm -hmm. You were still in university. I just finished my one and only year. And we had a wall in our apartment yeah. that was just plastered with posters. And that was fine and good for us at that point. We I was were, really proud of that. We were invested in it. Like, we got so many cool posters. Well, we and I combined posters and like pop culture with like us there were pictures of us in there too yeah. and like our friends and like different things that resembled our life and i made it all into this big collage and i was 
very, very proud of that yeah, wall. Yeah, and it was really cool. And it fit our life at the time. Yeah, but then like two years later, we're like, no it's, more poster walls. It's time to retire this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get like some nice art. Let's get Big Coat Skinny Leg Man. And yeah. And like, you know, real art. Because that's who we are now. I cannot imagine having, like, if you had a room built for a passing interest, and then you are you now either have to invest in renovating that room, mm-hmm. or just deal with, well, that thing I was kind of into, it's just now kind of baked into my house. Right. Like, I'm just thinking about, like, all the opportunities that could be presented with like decor and these shows and how they tend to take things to the extreme and it's like we like marvel and harry styles and and like bulldogs (laughs) and it's like what would we get out of that (laughs) it would be ridiculous we would get a a house shaped like professor x's mansion with superhero statues uh a bulldog sanctuary and uh, a little stage where a uh, screen of Harry Styles that just they would, performs that, all the yeah, time. Yeah, but they would get it so that like they would pay Harry Styles to start like do a little video for you. It's like, hey, Brittany, it's Harry Styles. Welcome to the show tonight. I don't think that these shows have enough money <laughs> to get that. As cool as that would be. Um, so we were on vacation last week, hence yeah, we the lack of episode. And being on vacation meant that we were not really watching a lot. We were just relaxing and enjoying being outside and like with family as much as we could. Yeah, I think I charged my phone two times the whole week. Yeah. And like it didn't die. Like that's how little I was on any sort of media. Mm-hmm. Like, my phone didn't even die. That I feel the same. Like, I don't think... Like, I used my phone for pictures. There were a couple nights that we started to watch something, but then <laughs> I was like, I'm too asleep. tired. I need to go... To, like, I can't watch this. And most of what we were watching was documentaries. I'm back in my documentary kit. <laughs> so it's not even really stuff that has a lot to talk about because it's based off of... Like, it's real stuff. So you can't really be critical or have much to say about something that actually happened. Like, it's not yeah. creative choices, right? It's just, this is this, this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of like how we couldn't really say much about Oppenheimer because, sure, there were some creative choices in that, but they were telling a true story. And so they only have so much leeway when you're doing something like that. The dramatic side, like the... How do you say it? Dramatis. Help me. How do you say it? I don't know. That's why I'm asking Dramaticized. for help. No, what? Dramaticization? Is that a word? Sure. Whatever. When they make something more dramatic than the actual <laughs> events. Um, and so we've watched a ton of documentaries like on different cults. Cults and churches which could be cults and um uh like social media like influencers and basically just a lot of things that are corrupt 
<laughs> and how they became corrupt or how their corruption was so widely accepted by their followers and how that led to basically just destruction of many forms. Yeah. And um, another thing that we have been watching that we're not done yet, so I don't really want to spend too much time talking about it. I'd rather finish and then talk about it at the end. But Netflix has um, a show called Painkillers, which, <laughs> which is another, which is basically Netflix's version of Dope Sick, which we have talked about on the podcast before. It's all about the like opioid pan or epidemic, and um, like it's it's interesting. It's kind of weird because it's like we know the story of like um purdue pharma and like the sackler family and all of that stuff because there was dope sick Mm -hmm. then there was a documentary about it we watched a documentary based on a pharmacist who was noticing the over prescribing um Mm -hmm. to patients and basically like actually inspected the the drug and saw what it was and started sending like reports and stuff to the fbi so it was it was kind of it was based in the epidemic but it wasn't about the the lawsuit and stuff around the sackler family so it was more about like these are the people that like these are the break-ins that i experienced this was the violence that i had experienced this is the death that i had encountered these are the threats that were made to me by basically their drug mules the sellers of the drug saying like it's illegal to not carry it or whatever so yeah it was more on a a pharmacist perspective on the whole the whole issue but What, what a fucked up time in history i know and then now there's this show that we've been watching and yeah, it's just, it's really messed up, but I like, it's kind of like what other show did this where there was like two versions of it? Oh, um, uh, Candy, yeah. Montgomery. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see the follow through of that. And if there's anything new that it presents to us that Dope Sick didn't. I, I mean, I feel like it's just a another take on the story yeah uh because they have like the whole like the sacklers and how they're they deal with things and they have like the the story of how they caught on to it and then you throw in a couple like anecdotal stories Mm -hmm. about somebody who's being affected uh somebody who is like how the marketing yeah that side of it was all corrupted and, and stuff. then the legal takedown yeah see i find so far that dope sick i enjoyed more i felt like they spent more time on the characters and getting you to care about the all the characters not except for the sackler family fuck them um <laughs> but fuck you guys <laughs> but like the the people who were victims to this yeah and so even showing you the sales side of it and how disgusting and disturbing that was showing you how some of the sales people started to question it and how they were kind of like told to like mind their own business and you're supposed to sell and it's totally safe and don't worry about it stop thinking about it whatever Um, stop using your brains just sell things don't you like money 
but like i felt like one the acting like the people they had cast in that in dope sick were amazing because didn't wasn't dope sick the one that had uh oh, what the hell's his name british eyebrows yeah okay I couldn't think of his name. Or Will I was gonna... Poulter. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, he was one of the salespeople. Yeah. And I thought he did a much better job oh. than the girl that we're watching right now. This She's just girl like... with the personality of like a piece of stale toast. Yes. It's painful. <laughs> because it's like she has no charisma. I do not believe that she would be capable of selling water to a fish <laughs> like yeah then there's like there's like the like the trainer girl yeah who like has that like force of personality mm-hmm. like in her sales oh i'm bubbly and cheerful and all that but then also like the bitch do what i'm telling you yeah and the kind. ruthlessness yeah, of and like you, the pressure. you get it but this girl who's like she does not she doesn't give anything that seems like she would be successful. Why did this real bitchy, like, just do what I say, sell all these things? Mm-hmm. Why did she let her stay with her for so long? And she it's was not, so bad at what she did. And it's not even believable that she got successful in it. Yeah. Because usually, even if she was bad in the beginning, okay, that's forgivable because you're new at it. You're just learning how to you know be confident in sales like that's a very hard skill to learn but then even when it's showing her being successful i'm just like she has not changed at all yeah like she's the same she's not confident what she's saying how she says what she says is just like annoying like she's like how are you today it sounds so robotic and not personable at all i don't believe that you would be able to go to a a doctor and sell this drug she's not even using sex appeal like she's (laughs) trying to but it does not come across that way it just seems like a fumbling awkward out of her element almost teenager like you know when you see like teenagers trying to like flirt with each other and it's just like (laughs) painful it's so cringy that's what this is it's like you are trying so hard but it's just a miss like you're not you're not doing it like and to have the contrast of the girl that like took her in and is like that force of personality and like flirts and all that stuff and you believe she's successful yeah i do not believe that this other girl is successful which i believe is the parallel to will poulter's character and he did have that like in the beginning where he was kind of like awkward and like didn't really know how to make the sales and then you saw him kind of develop into a very good salesman and then quickly realize oh shit i'm selling poison (laughs) and trying to kind of undo what he had already done and too late brother his whole story like in his character development was so well done and this girl's just not gonna get it but like they had michael keaton in dope sick yeah and his acting was incredible like as it always is yeah naturally um <laughs> Natch. but it was just i was like crying during that show i feel like painkiller is going in more of a direction of like i'm going to show you a bunch of disturbing shit randomly and it's oh going my... to be shocking yes. and 
scary and then that's going to be what hooks you not the relationships not the stories of these actual people but just randomly cutting someone open or like we had just gotten back from our vacation i had like a torn up back just from like sleeping on a bad bed for a week so i was in rough shape just like mentally just from being so exhausted from pain Mm -hmm. um and then when we were watching this show and it shows like someone getting cut open and like gross shit well he broke his back yeah and then it just got nasty yeah and like i i could not handle it i was dry heaving on the couch yeah you were having a rough time and it, I, I was like trying to keep an eye out because i get squeamish with like blood and stuff like that too i tend to be better if it's like not in real life like if it's on screen i can kind of have that separation and not get too freaked out about it but sometimes it's still rough and there was another part where there was like a something going behind the eye socket yeah he put like a tool into the eye and then like was hitting it or something flashback to uh like one of the sacklers sacklers from the old times was frank maybe I don't know. No, Frank, you're thinking of a different show. Oh. <laughs> that was that was the other old guy from the old times. Um, what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, either way, it, like he had like a tool in an eyeball, and then he hammered it under the eyeball, and. Ugh, yeah, yucky. and they, it, I feel like they thrive off of the like shocking, disturbing, like gory side of it. Rather than the emotional aspect of opioid abuse. Yucky. I don't like it. And that's not, that ain't it, Chief. The one thing that I like that this show is doing is at the beginning of every episode, they have a different person telling you that, like, this is based off of true events, but the people and the characters and names and places and all of that have been changed and the dialogue has been dramatized for the tv show but then they say but this person was my son daughter like whatever and this person in my life we lost because of because of this drug problem yeah and like they'll say like they got addicted they were prescribed like whatever and they passed away at this age and i still miss them like whatever it shows real people who had real loss from this yeah makes drug it epidemic. less of just look at this story about this thing and entertainment like, like and look at the story but look at people whose lives were directly affected by it yeah exactly made it more real and i kind of wish that more shows like this that take a true story and make it dramatized i wish that they would actually have someone or multiple people speak about how the, it actually affected them yeah how because the real events yeah because it it takes it away like this isn't just for your entertainment this is also for like your education this is also to show how like to make you angry at that this happened and to also 
want justice for these people because they are real people that were affected. This mm-hmm. isn't just an entertainment industry. Like I get Netflix makes money off of it and they are an entertainment industry, but these were real lives. And that's what you need to circle back to is that this was a real problem with real people and real deaths. Yeah. And I like that that's, that's how they handled that situation. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I concur. <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> um, we also started watching Murders in the Building. Yes. Season three has come out. With uh, two episodes. With Merle Strap and <laughs> Paul Rudd. Yes. And uh, so far, I think it's just as charming, just as quirky and entertaining as any other season. Like, I'm, yeah. I know it's only two seasons in <laughs> or two episodes in, but I am really enjoying it. Yeah, I like the dynamic that the uh, the the trio has. Um, like, I really liked. I think it was in the first episode uh, when uh, like Martin Short and Selena Gomez are having a scene, and he's just like, "I'm your favorite, right?" And she's like, "I don't pick favorite olds." Yeah, and it's just like it flips this. Like it, it was. I liked that because it's just like this. This young person who is just like, you know, her friends are old dudes. Yeah. It's just like flips that uh, I don't pick favorite kids. Yeah. But just for the old dudes that she makes a podcast with. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I have always loved how their characters seem to work together and and that dynamic is so like it's just it's entertaining, but it's also like very heartfelt. And yeah. Yeah, and it's very appealing to watch. Um, so far, like, what do you think of Paul Rudd's character? Uh, it's very Paul Rudd. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> it's so, like, silly. It kind of reminds me of his character in Bob's Burgers, just the imaginary horse, Jericho. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, like, he's only in a handful of episodes, like maybe two a small amount a very small amount but in particular there's the episode where tina is wanting to go to horse camp and ride a real horse and her (laughs) and jericho have a moment in her bedroom where she's like he's like oh tell me again how we first met and is very just like dramatic and like in his weird (laughs) cutoff shorts and like a horse in cutoff shorts and um and then when she's like oh but i want to ride a real horse and he's like no don't do this don't (laughs) leave me and then she's like but you're not real no you're not real and he just like has this big temper tantrum but see the thing that i like about paul rudd is that he has so many characters that are goofy like that Mm -hmm. but then it shows that they have heart yeah like in this he he goes on that little uh, thing in the dressing room where he's just like, all I've ever been is these stupid roles. Like, what if I'm not good enough? And it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, this like caricature of a man actually has depth. Yeah. And I feel like he does it very well where you, you genuinely start to like empathize with this just st- stupid human. Yeah. 
Well, and like I was going to circle back about the Jericho thing is because at the end of the episode, he comes through for Tina at the horse camp when yeah. her horse plops, bails on her. And oh, fucking plops. And they just are riding together and they're having the best time. <laughs> and and like that was basically what I was getting to is like he throws this temper tantrum and he's like, you're not real. But then in the end, he he comes through and he like, I know he's imaginary, but he comes through for <laughs> Tina. And in this, he also has those moments, like you said, where yeah. where he has more depth to him. And I think it's so interesting too to watch an actor play an actor because yes. you're seeing them play all in one show and all as one person, but multiple different people at the same time. Yeah. So you have his this persona that he puts on of this like, kind of an asshole arrogant like i'm an actor jerk guy but then you also see him in the dressing room practicing his scenes and kind of like getting to know himself yeah. and whether or not he's enough but then you also see him in girl cop from before <laughs> he was in this like in yeah. this play yeah and then you you just you also have him in the like when him and selena gomez are having the talks after he's dead yeah. And it's like, that's just a, a figment of her imagination. So that persona of him is just who she interprets him to be. So it's like there's yeah. four different versions of himself that we've seen so far. And the same thing with Meryl Streep. Like you have her, when she's trying out those different accents. She did. I didn't know that Meryl Streep could do accents. <laughs> I mean, thinking about it, I'm not surprised. She is a fantastic actor. But I was just like, when it went to like, and it wasn't just French accent. It was, it was French Canadian. Quebecois accent. Yeah. And she's just like, well, they're in Halifax. So I think, I thought I would go with a little French Canadian. And it's just like, I don't know if I would be able to. Oh, definitely not. Even like audibly be like, that's a French accent. And that's a French Canadian accent. No. And I definitely wouldn't be able to do either one. <laughs> And like nope. her, she did a Scottish accent too. And then, but even when she was auditioning, again, when she auditioned for that role of the nanny, yeah, she, she had this very moving monologue and like such a great performance. Yeah, and then the table into, read. Like, actor mode. Yeah. And then the table read, she just like lost it and like is just not really understanding the character or at least the vision for the character. And then again, you see her at the piano after Paul Red supposedly was dead the first time. And uh, and she's just like flirting and kind of like, you know, like it's more playful until There's so much mystery going on. Yeah. Until Paul Rudd walks in and is just like, ah, I'm not dead, guys. And then she's just like, you know, you're still an asshole. Yeah. Um, two episodes in. Who do you think did it? I am convinced that it's the brother. Paul I Rudd's brother. Also am convinced it was the brother. And when it is, we will be able to say, told you so. See, I think it's the brother because he's kind of an asshole to his brother. He's an asshole to everyone. But I mean, like, of all the people that have had to put up with his asshole behavior the longest enough to kill him, I feel like the brother. The only thing that's making me feel like it's not the brother is that he gifted those pocket squares or scarves to everybody in the cast. Like... Martin Short's character didn't have one. I think it's going to come... They're going to follow that 
uh, like the idea of we'll find who's missing their scarf and you found the killer and it's gonna be that somebody just had their stolen yeah probably so like it's gonna be a red herring bit of evidence cause I think right now they're wanting us to think that Meryl Streep did it yeah because she imagine wanted... if if they really subverted those expectations and it's just like oh that person who you thought it was that we were just like no it couldn't possibly be them we hinted at it but then no it couldn't wait it is imagine yeah. if it was her well because i feel like they're trying to make it look like it was her because after the first table read he wanted her fired yeah. And then there was the whole piano scene when he shows up still alive and she's like, yeah, well, he's still an asshole. And she's very clearly pissed off that he's not dead. Oh, my God. Can I just say what a hypocrite that character is? He was so pissed at Brazos. I know. For firing him on the first table read. Yeah. And then he turns around and is like, fire her. She sucked. Yeah. I think the only thing that's different is that he was an eight-year-old kid and he sees this as a old woman. Yeah, well, sometimes old women are eight. Well, I mean, it was her lifelong dream. This is her break, this play. That's so sad. I know. (laughs) But, like, I think, and obviously that could be that she was just mad because she wanted the play to kind of just be done because she clearly wants a relationship with Martin Short. But, I don't know, that would also be kind of weird because then the love interest of both the old guys ended up being the killer. Yeah. I guess you can't do that twice, can no, you? No, I would hope not. Unless it becomes a thing where uh, Steve Martin's character is just like, listen, I went through loving a murderer before. It, like, you're blind to things, but I see it. And then it just causes inner tension. I mean... There's always a little bit of inner tension. Because, like, we were always just talking, like, always. We were just talking about how, uh, like, as a group, like, they're just so, like, charming and, like, good together. What if this murder splits them apart? Then they have to reconcile and come back together to solve it. I mean, maybe. I'm also predicting that Mabel's aunt, who sold her apartment... I'm guessing that the buyers are going to back out because they're going to actually like be like, oh, these murders keep happening in this building. I don't want to live there. And she's not actually going to have to move away. I think that the buy, oh my goodness, whoever bought the apartment murdered him. Because it's going to be like that person bought the apartment and with that came a set of keys that allowed them to come into the building they may not have had, had access to the room, but they had access to the building now. And they murdered. Find What who, about all the tunnels in the walls? I don't know. There's just a lot going on in that. <laughs> that. Is, is it a hotel? No, in, it's an apartment building. Like, it, there's a lot. There is a lot. But who knows? Like every time, last season, we were so sure that it was someone that I can't remember. And now... <laughs> And it wasn't. Well, we were we were caught up on um, Martin, Sh- not yeah, Martin Short's son. Remember, we thought that he yeah. was the one that had done it, but it wasn't. So, and now he's just a guy who's scared for his dad. Yeah, because he's got heart issues. What a poor little boy. Anyway, <laughs> that's what we're watching right now. Um, 
just before we finish up, I wanted to kind of reflect on our vacation because we were with all the family. There was like, what, 32 of us? 32 or 33. And um, you have a tattoo machine just for (laughs) shits and giggles. For shigs. And uh, you let your family members tattoo you. Yeah. Now, however misguided it may have been, um, I am aware uh, shitty Amazon tattoo machines, not great, not reputable, not... Yeah, we're not recommending that other people do this. $99 is way too low of a price to be able to cause permanent regret. That being said, uh, I had a blast. Um, like all of my cousins, like we we had an afternoon, um, and like some of them tattooed, uh, like this. I call it the Loch Ness worm. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean, it's that. It it kind of looks like a Loch Ness monster. It kind of looks like a worm. <laughs> uh, I've got like the little 007 logo for my probably a spy cousin. Uh, what else do I have? I have the little Magic the Gathering symbols for mm-hmm. one of my cousins who every time we go to these family things, we play Magic the Gathering. Yeah. So I was like, what's your favorite color? Cause, and so like I have his and I have mine. Yeah. Which is funny because one of the decks that we use is a combination of those. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's pretty neat. Um, then... Uh, there's a tooth. Uh, then there's a little, like, I don't know if it's like actually a thing, but it's like, so this, this like vacation, it is, uh, at a place called Sunset Cove and there are four families that like are, we're all like one family, Yeah. but like, uh, like my mom and her three siblings, all of those families. Yeah come together so i got a little thing with a little like four waves with the sunset over it yeah um then i have the uh honestly it's too big of a story so me and a cousin always love going in the water yeah and i don't know how it's progressed this far but like we just say hey wet boy want to go get wet Wet, 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 wet. And then we go into the water. Yep. And just stand out in the lake being yeah. wet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like it's it's nothing, but it's just like, you know, family. Yeah. It's like dumb family things. Uh, so I now have wet boy tattooed on the back of my leg. Um, am I missing? Oh, and then I have hashtag Kenaf and a little duck. Um, and those were all from just my cousins yeah and then i got some expertly crafted ones from you mm-hmm. uh, i got a little jake the dog with his tush sticking out uh i got this lovely little love berry uh and then a little ghost with a dead inside balloon yeah and i'll probably post pictures of all these so that you know people can see just like Post them on your gram. Yeah. Mostly examples of, like I said, $99 for the majority of people is 
too low a cost for the permanence that these things are. Yeah. But if you are somebody who just doesn't care about what it is, but it's who did it, yeah, the, the story, story behind it, um, I mean, maybe you'll appreciate the sentiment of it. Because I love them. I love all my... And I mean, my tattoos yeah. from the from the real good ones to the uh, less good ones. <laughs> and, and I made so many stencils. Like I have so many other tattoos to to do on you because, like, you're the below the knee, yeah. area of your Shin leg to ankle or knee to ankle is, you know, my pat patchwork. Your patchwork. Like anything goes. Yeah. Um, the rest of my body is reserved for real art. <laughs> professional tattoos um and then like when i go to a tattoo artist and i need to get like my thigh done or something i'll have to get just like really tall socks to hide <laughs> yeah your, to your be shame. like please professional don't judge me for all of this <laughs> honestly if you get enough of them it'll look a little weird because your thighs are bare except for like one tattoo on your thigh so if your if your knee to ankle area is just like full, full. you'll look like you just have tall socks on anyway. <laughs> They'll just like have these colorful mismatched knee highs. It's like those people who they have like the full sleeves and all that, but then as soon as they take their shirt off, you see their chest is empty. Yeah. And it's just like people I say this as somebody who has my hands tattooed without but your arms full are sleeves. Done. Yeah. Um, like it's just like you know, like when I have like a long sleeve shirt, my tattoos poke out, but then I take the long sleeve off and it's just empty arms. Yeah. I just well, want tattoos I, are expensive. I know. I'm I'm gonna end up where I just have like all of these tattoos on my legs, but then I pull my shorts up and it's just bare leg. Yeah. For a little while. I mean, I have seen people with worse tattoos than you that I feel like were done professionally. Absolutely. Like uh, some of the like bad tattoo posts that I've seen, like you've got some bad tattoos, but you didn't really pay anything for them. Like that, exactly, that yeah. for the amount of tattoos that you have given yourself or people have given you, that tattoo machine has like long paid for itself. Yes. And like, I feel like the, you've the, got all these good memories. Yeah. The few good tattoos that like I have gotten out of this um, definitely make up for the cost of it. But the memories that come with even the worst of the tattoos, mm -hmm. by far, pay for it. Yeah. And I'm just excited to keep giving you more tattoos. <laughs> Honestly, like, there was a while there where you just had a smiley face ring around your leg that everybody that you had given a tattoo to had given you a tattoo. With, and it was just a smiley face, something quick and easy for them to do. Yeah. And that was it. So you just had this ring of like mismatched, shitty, shitty tattoos. Yeah. yeah. And some of them are in rough shape. Like people dug deep and, and scarred then, you. Then there are some where like, 
I kicked a piece of rebar and put a scar through it. Yeah, yeah. And and there was a while where that was all you had. And I was like, oh my God, that looks so sketchy and like kind of embarrassing, but it's not my body. So whatever. <laughs> now that you have more, I think it looks more natural. Like it looks more complete and i think as you add more and more it will look like just a a patchwork tattoo area yeah like i don't think it'll be bad i am i am happy with it and genuinely like anybody who's listening if you have like a little clip art or want to draw a picture that's like you know just line work decent yeah just line work i suck ass at shading um so if, if there's like a line work thing, send it to me on Instagram and there's a high chance that I will tattoo it on myself. Bonus if you send a little like story with it. So yeah. that there's like a memory piece and to go with it. Ge- that's that's it. Like the things that you did, mm-hmm. uh, they mean something. You and I, we both very much love Harry Styles. There's the little love berry, which is... Uh, um, Harry inspired yeah it's not like you can't look at and be like oh that's a Harry Styles tattoo no but like it's inspired it's a strawberry with little hearts all in it yeah and I feel like you know he was very like one outfit in particular that was very famous that a lot of people ended up recreating for his love on tour was the heart overalls And it was just white overalls with red hearts all over it. And so now anytime I see something that's got like red hearts all through it, I just instantly think of Harry. And so I saw that. Plus there's obviously um, watermelon sugar references, strawberries, and I'm honestly any fruit at this point. (laughs) Like I'm going to do cherries. That'll be little hearts. You're going to do a a grape juice box. Yeah, that was Harry because he has that song grape juice. Yeah. There's um, there's a lot, and like they won't be kiwi. obviously. I don't know if I'll do a kiwi. I haven't seen any kiwis that I was like. I mean, a kiwi is just like an oval with little hairs. I know, so it's like, <laughs> it would look like just like a hairy testicle. Unless on you, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you did it cut open, where you can see the little thing on the inside. And yeah. Do you remember that one kiwi I had where I cut it open? And it, was it was Batman. Batman. Yeah. But I feel like you wouldn't be able to tattoo that and and look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's a kiwi. I feel like it would just look like a circle with other circles and stuff. And then Batman. Yeah, it would be the most random thing. So no kiwi. Um, But like I just have so many and there's obviously more than just Harry Styles. Like I have some some Paramore themed ones and some other ghosties and i have like a cassette tape that has queen on it because you and i when we go on like long road trips we like to listen to queen mm-hmm. and i have like a game like a game boy and there was another um nintendo controller that i was gonna do just like things that remind me of things that we've done together or we like to do together that i want like i want to put on you the, and, and I am receptive to them being put on me. Honestly, the little ghosties, they're just cute. Yes, and I want several of them. <laughs> and I have plans for several of them. Like, this is a little ghost holding a balloon that says dead inside. 
And I feel like that's very millennial. <laughs> like, that's us. <laughs> and then there's a little scuba diving ghost. Yeah, there was a little ghost that's holding a sign that says, Save the Bees. <laughs> and I was like, that that very obviously, for, very, for obvious reasons, is us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of cute ones that I want to tattoo you and... Hopefully they heal well. Hopefully I didn't just like <laughs> dig into you and it's just going to be nah. all like scarred and just awful. The uh, I, I've moisturized them recently. So the moisturizer mixed with the scab of the like it's just in like the gross healing stage. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just so excited for how many of these did I get? Count my new tattoos. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? Ten. Ten. Because there was a little fish that I just impulsively tattooed onto myself without shaving my leg, so it pulled the hairs a lot. Tisk tisk. So ten tattoos. Mm-hmm. What a dumb thing to do that I have absolutely no regret. What a dumb, wonderful thing to do. Dumberful. <laughs> it's so dumberful. So everybody who's listening, tell me what the most dumberful thing you've ever done is. Let me know on Instagram. Let Brittany know on Instagram. Or let us know on TikTok. Thank you so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees Podcast. If you haven't already, please download this episode, and we will talk to you next week.